Hi guys, I'm André Villas-Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, the future is lily white. Come on, your spurs. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, season 12, episode 25. I'm ASD. I'm Jack. All right. Hey, we, uh, it's the international break. England have won two of their games. Wales got a cracking draw away in Croatia. I'm not sure you saw that. Amazing draw for us. Well, 93rd minute goal for us. And we were expected to lose that. It's a massive a result goal. for us. Yeah. Kane's, Kane's doing what he's doing. I don't get Saka. Like, I can see he's really good. It still feels like a lot of the love is for his potential rather than his actuality. Like, I think if he went outside of Arsenal and City, would he be that good? I'm not sure. Oh, I think that's, I think that's harsh. I had um, a classic commentator's curse watching England game today. Yeah. Um, talking about Saka. And I was like, yeah, like... Wonderful players, like doesn't score enough for England. Bang, top corner. <laughs> Literally five seconds after, and I was like, "Yeah, cool. I'm, I'm just gonna shut up." Um, yeah, I mean, got, he we're, he scored we're in high goal. we're in high spirits mainly because we haven't had to suffer Spurs this week more than yeah. anything else, yeah. um, which is great. And watch England, I do enjoy watching England because I get a good level of enjoyment out of it, but I don't get the same amount of misery that I do from Spurs. So it's like you can't lose really. Um, similar when you watch cricket, like I can enjoy the highs, but the lows don't really affect me, which is, you know, it's the sweet spot. Well, this is it. We're not going to talk about Spurs. We're not going to talk about the manager. We, this is all about, it was Rob's idea last week. We're going to talk about other sports that we've been to. And I think we could also put in non-Spurs football that we've been to that we loved as well. Yeah. And it's worth going, if football's your main sport, I mean, you play, you coach as well. Yeah. Um, to a, a decent level. You know, it's not Very like kind. ringers. It's, it's you're in a, a proper league with um, people bordering on semi-pro. What um, what are your other sports? You love cricket. Cricket, cricket's my second sport for sure. Why? I played it as a kid. It, I think it always helps with sport when you're good at it as well. And I was mm. a, I was a, I was a really, really good cricket when I was young. I'm much better cricket than I was a footballer. Mm. Um, so I played from the age of about. 12, 13, I think, up until sort of 16, 17. Um, and I absolutely like it's a it's a brilliant, brilliant sport. I'm quite I'm quite tall, so I was a pretty good bowler. But I used to do everything. It was it was like back in the day where like, I'd do everything when I played. I'd open the bowling, I'd bowl my allocated overs, and then I'd go and get the wicket keeping gloves and I keep wicket. And then I'd normally bat if I not if I didn't open, I'd bat sort of in the top four or five. So, like, it was just a sport that I felt like I was involved in absolutely every aspect of it. Um, it it's just, it, absolutely brilliant. And going and watching live cricket, and there's a lot of people out there that don't, that think cricket's a bit slow and a bit, well, I'm not sure. If you go and watch it, you can really appreciate, like, the skill and the speed and the focus that you need. I, I genuinely think one of the toughest things to do in any sport is in a test match to go and open the batting and go out there with the ball swinging around bowlers coming in at 90 mile an hour and like your first hour is like survive and if you do that your team's got a really really good chance of winning that winning the match and like just having the desire and the skill and everything about going out in the batting is just I, I genuinely think it's one of the toughest things that anyone can do in sport just cricket so football cricket anything else um, I like tennis. To be honest, I'm a fan of all sports, really. There aren't any sports that I'm like, I don't like that. Mm. Um, I'm a real, real casual casual watcher of like F1 or rugby if it's on, but I don't I don't follow anyone if it's if it's on. Great. 
Um, I'd probably say tennis is third. Um, you... Again, main, mainly just from a like I used, used to play it as a kid. Like, and it's like you play at school and it's just it's quite a good sport. Yeah, yeah. We've been mates for like I think it's about eight or nine years now. Mm. Right, and it it started with a, a bond, a, a mutual love of Spurs, but it is just a genuine love of of sport. Mm. But I come from the other end, like I love rugby, I mm. love Formula One, I like a lot of the combat sports, very casual MMA, but I I don't know the names. I love boxing, um, but like I will go and watch any sport. Yeah, any, any fact, sport go watch live, apart any, any sport Spurs. live is amazing. Yeah, apart from Spurs, yeah. I was just trying to think back because we'll, we'll, we'll let's get into it. The sport I've been to, I haven't actually been to a huge amount of sport with you that isn't Spurs. We went to Australia 35, Scotland 34 in the 2015 Rugby that World Cup, amazing, which was an, an incredible game. Yeah. Your first rugby game, yeah, I believe. It was, Only it rugby was game. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. The atmosphere was brilliant. We were there with an Aussie as well, weren't we, who was just stressed the whole game. And obviously they won it right at the death, didn't they? And everyone right was just like, death. oh, like gutted. But that was incredible. That was great, wasn't it? That was at Twickenham. I remember running out just to try and get a train. Uh, Craig, do you remember Craig Joubert, the um, referee, sprinting off the field so we didn't get decked by any players or any fans mm-hmm. running on? So that was it was proper like dodgy, strange officiating. I said, I'm not a massive rugby follower, but even like watching that and only having a basic grasp of the rules, mm. it was like quite felt like they really had the rub of the green Australia in that game. Yeah, they didn't. Basically, they didn't. It, it was the quarterfinals as well, so Scotland didn't get through to the semi-finals, and they could have, and it was it shouldn't. They, they deserved it as well, didn't they? Like I, they, like, I remember did. watching it being like it felt like they gave everything, and it was just a bit of bad luck. Yeah, in the semi-finals against Argentina as well, if I remember. So it, it you know, Winnable. it could have been a final for a tiny, tiny, tiny country, relatively speaking, in terms of the, the grandeur of rugby. Anyway, I think that's the only sporting thing we've been to, which is mad. I, we've, we've, I mean, we've done driving together. That was a good day, wasn't it? That was a good day. <laughs> we went driving, listeners. Uh, 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 Jonathan Palmer's place in Bedfordshire with a guy who hated racing, who, who couldn't handle high speeds and was almost sick in his helmet. <laughs> <laughs> we are, and the only reason he was there was because the person that was meant to be taken was dropped out like the day before. The day before. Um, it was incredible. We got to drive. It was a Formula 3 car, was it? Like the, the Formula 3 car, single-seater car, Aaron was, oh, What an experience well. that was. That was quick. Go on then, right, give me give me some, uh, what, give me cricket. I've only been to one cricket game. I've been to see, I went to see the Rajasthan Royals when they came over to play Middlesex. That oh, was yeah. unbelievable. I was in with the Indian fans. That was the most yeah, like, physical fans I've ever been in. Like they were up and down and shouting. I got a turban, which was amazing, which I only recently got rid of. Um, just wasn't sure whether it was appropriate I should wear it. Yeah. But I wore the, I look good in it as well. Um, I've been I've been to loads of cricket from County all the way up to Ashes Test at Lords. I mean that's the pinnacle. Is Ashes England England Australia at Lords for me is like it doesn't get any better than that. That was an amazing that was an amazing experience. Although in that series we got absolutely hammered by the Aussies. So talk me through that. So I, it, how they last they can last five days, right? Mm. And you're getting battered and you've got a ticket for the fourth day. Like what what's the atmosphere like? Uh. It depends how battered you get. The, the, the beauty of test cricket is a game can turn really quickly, um, despite the fact that it's five days. Like if you have a good session, a session is only a couple of hours, it can massively change the whole outlook of the game. Um, but we went we went into that game and we had tickets for, I think it was it was day four, we had tickets for. 
Um, it might have been the third day and we might have been skittled out early, but we, we went into it and England was something like 100 for five. Like the Aussie did, the Aussies had batted first and scored something like 500. And like we were like, we're going to lose this test match. Like there's just, there's no way we're not. Um, it's just sort of how long can you hold out for? But Alistair Cook, who was the England captain at the time, he was still in. And when your best batsman's in, you're like, you never know. Like you've got to hope. The, the football equivalent is you, you're 2-0 down with 15 minutes to go, but Kane and Bale were on the pitch. And, it, you know, it's something you never know. Um, so we're watching him and he batted. Obviously, we, we got there at the start of the day. He batted all day. So play started at 11 and he went all the way through. And this was maybe at about quarter past five in the evening. Batted all day and he was on 93, 94 not out. And we sat there with my dad and we were like, we're going to we're going to be able to say we've sat here. Watch Alistair Cook. Like, and, and he wasn't batting well. Like, yeah, he yeah. wasn't playing well. He was just digging in and, and scoring the, the runs as like it wasn't a pretty innings at all. It was a Wilson Palacios innings. Right. It was nothing pretty about it. <laughs> But we were like, you know, we're going to say we've seen England captain, England's, you know, leading all-time run scorer, score a century at Lords against Australia. Like, it don't yeah, get yeah. much better than that. And then, obviously, the inevitable happened and he got out. And he, I think he was out for 95, something like that. And the, the whole, you just felt the mood of the whole stadium just go, oh, like that was it. And they skittled us out. Um, that day they had a massive lead. And then they came out to bat and sort of smashed about 80 or 90 off of 10 overs, which is incredibly quick for test match scoring and it was just like this is this is humiliating um but it was an amazing it's an amazing occasion like going to Lords is you know it's like going to Wembley do you know what I mean yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's the, the the place to watch cricket um so yeah that was that was an amazing experience but like on the flip side I've been to plenty of 2020s down at the Oval as well which is that's a great night out especially if you go on like Tuesday Wednesday or Thursday after work so that play normally starts at about half five, six. I think like that is a great night. That's about three hours of cricket. Like you get a result on the day. You see loads of runs, loads of wickets. Like th- you, there's no such thing as a dull 2020. Um, so that's been great as well. So I, I absolutely, I absolutely love it. All formats, but I'm a stickler for test match just because the it's the level of concentration. I think for me in test match cricket, like to go out and like have to bat for seven hours. And like you can't make a mistake. Yeah. It's just like that is proper. Like obviously you've got to be physically fit and have the skill, but like the mental determination to be like you yeah, could yeah. be batting and be like, I'm not playing well, and for the next hour I've got to hang on. And it's like to just be able to do that. And the, the best players in cricket always say the most important thing is the next ball. And uh, you know, when you have those people score those massive innings and you know they get interviewed and they say how did you know you've gone out there and scored 200 how did you do it and it's like I just focused on the next ball I didn't think about the end goal I was just like what do I have to do with there and then so that for me is like I don't think cricketers focus and skill I don't think it's appreciated enough like if anyone has got a local cricket club go down and have a net and just you know face even just some amateur bowlers and you'll see how difficult it is you know it's it's a tricky sport you just reminded me I've been to another one I was there and I met Glenn Hoddle in the toilets because he loves it not the toilets what about the cricket yep yep yep, yep. <laughs> as soon as I said it <laughs> he loves he loves it right so that's cricket done I'm not that bothered about cricket there's a weird thing about cricket with me because of the Sophia Gardens in Cardiff and it's meant to be the England and Wales cricket board but it's always called Team England like it's always and I know they've had what Owen Morgan and a few others in there Owen but Morgan always, was Irish 
Wow, was he? We had uh, the the two the two famous Welsh cricketers that I can think of in recent years was we had Geraint Jones and Simon Jones who played yeah. in the 2005 Ashes series that we won. That's the first time we beat in Australia for a long time. Um, Simon Jones, he's got an amazing book. It's well worth reading. He suffered the most horrific injuries that cost him his cost him his career ultimately and um if he hadn't got injured he would have been up there with one of england's greatest bowlers of all time like wales, he was england and wales is great he bowlers. was um yeah england yeah, yeah. um um he no honestly he was he was an incredible incredible fast bowler um and he could just do things on a cricket pitch that no, no other bowlers had the ability to do yeah. um and if he hadn't have had his injuries you know it's a shame we never played it. It was in school. It was uh, football first term, rugby winter term, baseball. Baseball was massive. Like when baseball, my mates stopped playing football, right. they went and played for baseball teams in Wales because baseball used to be a big thing. Right? You know, Derby used to play at the baseball ground, didn't they? It used to be a full-on league in the Victorian times. I, I believe, love baseball. I've I've watched. I went to baseball when I was in the states. I went tra- I went traveling. Did four weeks in America four years ago. Bloody hell. Um, and went to um, baseball when I was in Miami. Amazing experience. The thing that I loved was, one, being at a sporting event as a neutral is great yeah. fun. It's stress-free. You can enjoy the day. But what I loved was sat amongst the supporters where baseball was clearly their first sport, and they were just stressed, and they were yeah, hating yeah. it, and they were moaning about players. And it's like, this is like being at Spurs. Like, you know, it's amazing. I have also been to a baseball game. But I was there to see the Tokyo Swallows play, I think, the team from Osaka uh, in Japan. And it was incredible. I think but Japan have literally just won the World Baseball Championship last week, hey. I think. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I think they beat the States in the um, in the final. And it was amazing. And w- we had a guide with us. And it was a present from my wife, Emma. And she was like, we're going to get you a super fan experience. And it was just a super fan who was there That's with cool. us. They had KFC in the stadium. Spurs take note, right? Um, they, everyone got a free umbrella as you came in, but it wasn't raining. They just, it was like, you know when in, oh, when the Spurs, you put your fingers out. Like yeah. This. In there, they had a song which they sang the entire time, the four hours we were there, and they were putting their umbrella up and down, like opening it and shutting it throughout oh the whole thing. God. It was amazing. And it was saying, like, if you have a season ticket, you play like a series of four or five matches and so you have a series of four or five matches over the course of a week. So you could go with your season ticket five nights a week to a baseball game. And they're like, most people don't do it, even if they've got a better yeah. season ticket. Cracking time, though. I mean, I just love going places and watching sport. Yeah, um, I haven't been to Rome yet or Edinburgh for the Six Nations, but I've been to Wales. Went to the first time on my birthday a couple of weeks ago. Um, I love the Millennium Stadium. It's, I've got nothing but bad memories of the Millennium Stadium. I've been there once, and that was when we lost to Blackburn in the cup final. <laughs> so I'm scarred. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've watched us beat South Africa in the rugby there. I saw a player get like a, a complete fracture of a leg, and you were there for Muamba. Um, no, Mwamba. I wasn't there for it. You've met him, though, haven't you? When he yeah, went to... I've met him. Yeah, I met him afterwards. Not, Not afterwards. afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, you've got Years later. Yeah. Years later. Yeah, I no, saved I was... him. Someone so I was there. Yeah. Like he was, it was about five meters in front of me. Like I reckon. I remember seeing Modric run past me, and then someone collapsed, and to the point where I thought Modric had kicked him. And you were like, "That was weird," because Modric wasn't that sort of player. I'm pretty sure. I mean, someone will go on and say Modric had left by then or something. Um, 
but the point was no like, that, that that implies that someone's listening so well, this, is, this is true that. i was wondering like how i'd love to see the drop off of this podcast when they realize we're not talking about spurs just chatting shit but um <laughs> it, that was the quietest ever saw a stadium yeah. the, when it wasn't like a minute silence. Eerie, it, like, but that yeah. was the point it was eerie it was like the, it, the the sound it, it was a pregnant sound you know and it was the same here where we saw a big tough south african man like snap his leg and you could just hear him screaming i was on the other side of the stadium yeah, no. and it was gross but um since playing the world cup with my mum that was really nice um bad injuries are the worst though aren't they in any but i still think to this day the worst one i saw was um helga Anderson. Oh no. yeah. Helga Haradison snapped Achilles when he's playing for Portsmouth, oh, and it was like it was like it was like somebody had got a, a branch and snapped. You heard it. You heard the snap, and oh. then like he was like a big six foot three Icelandic, like he was hard as nails, wasn't he? Um, and like he was screaming on, the, and it was just like, and you just, you heard it, and it yeah. wasn't until like you know you go home, you you watch the highlights back the next day, whatever, and it's like I heard that, like that snap. It was just oh horrible. Were you there for when Bale jumped with Sanya and Sanya landed and snapped his leg? No. Remember that? We were playing Arsenal and Bale, Bale went up for, like, Bale, I don't think Bale's got a bad bone in his body, really. Mm. He doesn't do that, but he jumped and Sanya went down. He was screaming, but all the fans were singing, let him die, let him die. And I thought that was a bit harsh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's not going to die, obviously. But um, So rugby, I've had a great time with rugby. I went to France for... England, France. This is a problem with going on jollies, though, is often go and see England. So I went with England. Yeah, France. yeah, yeah, yeah. Started off with a England mistake. France went in, like, literally within the first five minutes. England then battered France. And then France, and England made the mistake at the end, and France scored another converted mm. try, and they won. And a uh, French guy next to me was hitting me and going, uh, blah, 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 blah. I was going, no, no, uh, Anglais, trying to show that i was welsh i didn't have a wasn't having any bit that's an incredible stadium stade de france yeah i quite fancy that i quite fancy that middle of nowhere like can't a lot of these grounds are though isn't it it's like the san siro i was san siro is like and um atletico's stadium wandra metropolitana middle of nowhere nowhere. and you're just like like barcelona middle of nowhere yeah yeah What's the best stadium you've been to outside of the UK? I mean, the new... It's difficult because mm. I haven't been to the Bernabeu. I'd really like to go to the Bernabeu. Um, being, the new camp is obviously just incredible. But there's something about the new camp which I just don't like. Like, people eating nuts all the time. I don't like how it's so open air. Like, it feels too relaxed. And the, the fans are so arrogant. Like, they just expect this beautiful thing. I went once when Messi was at his peak... And then once when Messi was really young, like the new yeah. thing, that was pretty amazing. That was like Henri at the time of Henri and people like that. But I can't. But you've been to more football outside of the UK than me. I've been to I've been to a few games. I a few years ago I was just trying to get to as many games as possible. Um, so I've been to some so yes yeah, some of the the bet, better stadiums. But um, there's just something about like when you go to games and you feel like you're watching a club where like the people it like the locals support it that's like that. a big thing for me ajax i had that at ajax oh, there you go i went to ajax that was incredible that was the year we just got ericsson and so ericsson oh, yeah he had won the league with them so there were photos of him everywhere 
Um, and it's just a great team. You can just feel the history of of them there. Yeah. And when they represent a country, you know that they are the best Dutch team. Yeah. And the Dutch team got such a history of football, right? Maybe the most beautiful f- footballers. Obviously, Brazil's up there as well. But it, you can just feel that community sense as well. Really, again, middle of nowhere. The best, the best one I went to for that feel was Espanol. Oh, really? That was uh, that was a really strange experience because um, so Espanol is obviously the, the second team in Barcelona, and um, I got the the underground at what felt like for ages, like all the way out, and it was like, where the hell am I going? Like I didn't see any other supporters on the train, nothing. So I was like, am I going the right? What like you know, you start second guessing yourself got out of the station and there was blue and white espanol everywhere absolutely everyone i was like this is this is crazy um like everyone drinking on the streets like it was an it was an amazing experience they had a really nice it's quite small but modern stadium um which was fantastic i was there towards the back end of the season they were in a relegation dogfight with it might have been somebody like celta they were playing mm-hmm. um and they went one nil up and then Celta equalised. And it was like you could feel the tension because both teams were sort of like 15th, 16th in the league. And it was like a draw is no good to either team here. So both sides mm. were going for it. And I remember um, Gerald Moreno, who I think plays for Villarreal now, he's like a decent Spanish striker. He went clean for on goal with about 25 minutes to go. And it was like, here we go. And he just completely fluffed his lungs. And the fans were going mad. But they ended up finding a, a late-ish winner in that oh, game yeah. of Espanol. And the fa- I was right behind the goal. Fans were going mad. And it was just like, it felt like a football club. Like, Barcelona's amazing. A new camp, it, you know, and I, I, like you, I saw Messi, you know, and Messi Suarez name on that team. Um, and it was incredible. But it felt like you were sat in a museum watching a show. Whereas, like, going to that game, it was like, you know, it felt like it was going to kick off. Like, it was, yeah, just, yeah, it was an yeah. amazing experience. I went to the Olympia Stadion, um, Stadion, the Olympia Stadion in Berlin, which is Hertha's ground, which was built for the 1936 yeah. Summer Olympics for Hitler. That was mad. Like the atmosphere is just a bit like, not sure how to feel. I'd love to see. It's it's one of those ones that's got a a, a unique bit in it. You know, at the end it's got a a gap in it where they yeah. put the um, yeah, Olympic yeah. sign on. And I love stuff like that. There's one in. Is it the Braga Stadium where one end is? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's incredible, incredible. I love that. I yeah. love that. Even Anything that makes it unique is just... That's it. The Millennium's know. got that work. They should have done it in Spurs. The Millennium Stadium, one end of it is like lower and smaller. It's because it's the old Arms Park that they've turned around. Mm. I, really like. I haven't been to the new city ground. I went to um, Ninian Park, the Cardiff City ground, and almost got killed. I went to see a Wales under-21s game, and one of them shot and missed wildly, and it hit a fire exit sign, and it landed on the row in front of me. No one else was there. This thing was massive. It was like 10 foot wide. This thing should have killed me. But that was mad. Just trying to think of other sports. Like boxing. Have you seen boxing? I saw no, the Olympic I've, boxing. I've, you know what? I've not been to boxing live. And I really fancy that. Like that That would be that would be fantastic. I'd love we've to go. Sat with the Irish fans. Because uh, with Olympic boxing, it's just like match. Like clean the ring. Match clean the ring. And so yeah. it was great. Uh, really, did you go to see any of the twenty the twenty twelve Olympics? Yeah, tickets for the twenty twelve Olympics. Did you not get anything? Yeah, couldn't believe it. I remember, I remember actually when the, when it got announced who's got one on the ballot, and it was like oh, I haven't got anything. And then one of my friends had tickets to that Super Saturday. You know, it was Whoa. Jess Ennis, yeah, yeah. Greg Mo Rutherford, Farrah. Mo Farah, and it was like you are joking me. Like she was there for that, and I was like that. Like 
if I could have been at any sporting event, I think in my life that would be right up there to have been really? there for that to have seen that, that that evening was just you know I remember watching it on the telly and being like this is this is incredible. Yeah, you know I'm not one for Britishness for many reasons, but that would have been one of the few times where I felt like British, yeah. like I'm proud. Um, my old boss uh, wasn't short of a few quid. He saw the opening uh, opening was a show and was like, I have to go to the closing show and paid like £2,000 a ticket oh. for the uh, closing show. And it was a bit guff, the closing show <laughs> compared oh. to the opening show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that is insane money. He just was like, when, whenever will I get a chance to see this again? I've been yeah. to see, a table's great. I, I've been to see wrestling twice, like WWE, WWF mm. wrestling. And... It just, there's just something about like, it's just quiet or you're not expecting anything. Then suddenly the entrance music goes up and it goes off. And when it was like Mark Henry, the former world's strongest man, or Bret Hart came out and you go like Bret Hart, the best there was, the best there is, the best there ever will be. It just felt pretty special, you know? Yeah. And I don't know. The O2 is a great arena. So I've seen tennis at the O2 as well. I, I, I love the O2 as a venue. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Rugby, what sports football, have you tennis. not been to then that you like are you are you an nfl fan i have seen so much nfl yeah. it's, i've tried really hard my brother-in-law who you've met is mad into it like you know what he's like he's a, he's i was about to say a bit on the spectrum he he is propping up one end of the spectrum he knows more about nfl than anyone i know knows about any other sport and we know some wow. weirdos right um, hope you're listening Oh, you. <laughs> um, so I've really tried to, he loves the Seahawks, but I've been to see loads at Wembley. I haven't been to see any at the new stadium yet, but I used to go every year, at least one of the games. And it it's fun. I just, it's one of the sports with where the ball is in play the least, you know, football yeah, is in yeah, play yeah, for yeah. like 58. Very tactical, minutes. isn't it? It's very tactical. I think if they made you start the new down with where the ball went down. So rather than it being in the middle, if you had it where you were, it would be far more interesting, but it just mm. feels so stop start. And I know America, I've never seen basketball. I'd love to see some basketball. Mm. Um, I've ne- but it- American sports. There's a lot of American sports that do appeal to me. Like basketball would be brilliant. I'd love to see ice hockey. Oh God, yeah. Like well, just for the tear ups. Well, Cardiff had the bl- Cardiff um, Devils growing up. Like they just won this weekend 4-0. Mm. And like the, there's someone I've followed my whole life and it's just, it's weirdly, it's just always been there. It's like the rally. I, I love motorcars. I love fast things and I love extreme sports. Um, and so I used to go to watch the rally every year, like, cause it mm. starts in North Wales comes the, the great British rally starts in North Wales, comes down and finishes in Cardiff. And it used to finish down the docks where they, they would have like a little track where you'd have two racing each other next in like a time trial type thing. But then they do it in the stadium now where, or they used to do it in the stadium where they could start off underneath the pitch and then jump out the tunnel onto the pitch and then do loops. Cool. Incredible. And what I used to work in the McDonald's on Newport road and, um, because a rally car has to be road legal. They all drive between stages, their cars between stages. And they used to come to my McDonald's and you could hear where their car was around your McDonald's. They're just yeah. so loud, so mental. So I, I love that. I, I really, really, really love that. I went to see the um, Silverstone. I went to Silverstone as well last year. It was my first F1 experience. That's cool. I got taken and it, it I, I, I just couldn't afford it. Like the, I went into this VIP place, like a, I I know how lucky I am and it was absolutely incredible like mm. there's multiple races throughout the day but there's a 
I don't know. You know, you get that bit where you get that the goosebumps. Not a goal. There's moments where you get goosebumps, like mm. Kane's header. I still prefer his header from the Bentaleb cross to the the mask one. Probably because the mask one yeah, we drew yeah. to too. But that was, you know, his first offline in the derby. We're one nil down. Um, he scored both goals. Proper shivers. Or when we played them in the last North London derby at White Hart Lane and we got the penalty straight away after that goal, you yeah. just got that feeling. There's a bit in um, Silverstone where Hamilton goes past two other cars in one corner. They were fighting it out and he sneaks round. And the, we didn't obviously hear the commentary, but it, the crowd, I mean, there's over 100,000 people at Silverstone. Yeah, it's a massive, it's massive mad. event. And the, you could just hear the crowd go mental because he's the greatest British sports person alive at the moment, arguably. Because um, I think, moving on from that, because I know you're not not that bothered, but like I think we're, we're coming out of the periods where we've had, we've been maybe the most historic sporting periods. We've had Messi and Ronaldo. Yeah. We've had Kobe and LeBron. We've had Usain Bolt. We've had Lewis Hamilton going into the Max Verstappen era. We've had Mo Farah tearing it up i just i mean that there'll be a million do you know, do you know what's interesting all of those people you've mentioned there right amazing amazing athletes and sports people but they've got that x factor that personality that maybe that slight rogueness to them that i think makes them great and this is no dig against him harry kane is as good as all of those people i agree but there's i don't know what it is about the true greats that we just put them on a pedestal. Yes, they're amazing at what they do, but they have that. I don't know if it's an edge or they have something about them. And I feel like we don't see that as much anymore because actually they're probably all these young sports people that are coming through. They're probably advised to not be a big personality because yeah, yeah. it's not going to get you anywhere. Do you know what I mean? But like when I think back of the greatest sports people, we're going to come back to cricket, like Shane Warne. Do you know what I mean? It's like, who is it? The first name that came to my head was, is it that Virat Kohli? What, as in the like greatest? The great, oh, we've seen, I mean. I, I would he, say the great, the greatest cricketer of all time in my lifetime is Shane Warne. Is it? Like, without a doubt, without a you doubt. He died last week, last week, last year. Don't we? It's just mad. It was awful. It was, but, I mean, but again, like, it's part of him, part of him is that. Do you know what I mean? Like, off the field, like, do you know what I mean? He, you know, he was up to all sorts of trouble off the field but like on it he was just an entertainer mm-hmm. um and he, like that's an incredible ability but a real personality and i think that when you look around at sport now there's probably not as much of that anymore um which is a shame but i get why there isn't like we tend to be now churning out more sports people like almost as if they're robots you know yeah, there yeah. is no and it's just like you know get the job done this is what you do you know eat yeah. sleep nothing controversial which is fantastic but when i think of the absolute greats they will all have that i think they'll all have that rogueness to them or that bit of personality at least to them yeah they're all reacting to something and everyone in football now is being optimized and you don't find humanity or creativity in the percentages do you, you find it in in the creative it's like Matt Letizia. I'm never sure what to think of Matt Letizia. I just heard a podcast where he came across as a massive bell. He's a moron. It, 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 forget his comments on Twitter about whether. Like, he just came across as, like, really badly. Like, he just was like, I just want to play football. Just leave me to do my job. And you think you could be better if yeah. you're a bit more disciplined and you don't have to lose who you are. But then I think, of you know, my favourite one to watch is Ronaldinho. You couldn't 
performer. He's a performer. performer. Performer, performer, performer. It is almost like they're going out onto their stage. And it's like, they have. I do think a lot of those players have the arrogance that, like, it's a sellout. They're here to see me. Like, I do think that arrogance is the same with Shane Warne. Even, like, you know, if you, if you look, at, look at tennis, look at top tennis players in the last 15, like Federer, Serena Williams. I think they have that I'm a performer side to them. And it's not just about going out and winning. It's about winning with style. It's a great man. Mm. Great man said. Um, but what I sports do, haven't you seen then? What sports haven't I seen you live? Have you, have you been to the NFL? Uh, I've not been to the NFL. Um, Fancy it? I've, I've, I do. I feel like it's one of them sports I'd need to invest a bit more in it before going. Because I think if I just went, I'd be like, I can't approve. I think I'd really like NFL. Because it's extremely tactical and it's planned well thought out, and then you get the odd bit of. So you know I mean, you've got to be off the cuff a little bit. So I think I would be into NFL. Um, the other sport that I absolutely love is snooker. I think snooker's incredible. Um, I've not been. I would love to go. To go and see like Ronnie O'Sullivan would be, again, mm. performer. Not yeah, just yeah. a brilliant, you know, brilliant at what he does, but like you never quite know what you're going to get with him. Um, I think for me, it's though that that is a big thing for what separates yeah, the yeah, absolute sure. greats from top top players. Is I think that. that's in any rung though, because mm. if you're mentally stable and everything's fine, then you're content with less. But if you find your comfort and your release in entertaining or being at the highest performance, it's like being a CEO. You've got to be a psychopath to be a CEO of a major corporation, right? Um, we forgot about AP McCoy. I told you my AP McCoy story. I told you on here. So the Guardian used to do these uh, talks where they get high, high, excellent sports people in, and you get you'd be lucky to get an invite. And I got invited to the AP McCoy. She so go to their offices on Buckingham Palace Road, right? Walked in, and it was really warm in the in the bit where they had like drinks and canapes i'm not one for mingling for that anything like little food give me a lot of all of that that's but then they took us from this really hot room to a really cold room where it's like 50 seats max you know it's it's yeah 10 rows of no five rows of 10 like it's a really intimate audience he's on a small stage someone in the front row gets up from this in this cold room walks staggers towards the door in front of them collapses and we're like, oh, that's a bit weird. So they pause for literally a minute, take that person out. I, I'm in like the second row. I feel a lap at hand fall in my lap, like by my crotch. I'm like, what the fuck? And the guy falls into my lap. He collapses. And we're there a bit like, oh, maybe it's because he's talking about the injuries because he's broken literally every bone in his body. And then someone in the front row just nods forward and collapses. And they're like, the police shut the building down. They were like, we're treating this as a terrorist attack because they think it's weird. I get locked in a room with my mate Tom with AP McCoy. So literally we're in a small meeting room in the Guardian's offices with AP McCoy for like an hour. Just me, the three of us. That's amazing. And we, you just, you start going. Yeah, but like, what points of reference do you have after after five minutes? I had nothing. I do yeah. think I've got a little bit of chat with everyone. Like you, we we've talked about yeah. this a million times. <laughs> Tell I had the nothing. story. Come on, please, please. <laughs> well, I'll right, come back to that. Yeah, I'll come back. Yeah, I we had nothing. Like he didn't want to be in there with two like spotted yeah. herberts. And but by the time we got out, we got out into Buckingham Palace Road, where the whole road, the whole road was cornered off 
with um and the police sirens everywhere and then we just got off and went on the tube mad that would that so we used to work together um and part of our job is we we work with um publishers and so sometimes they take us out as a thank you for business and we went we worked uh with a talk talk and i'm not even sure if they exist anymore and there was a fellow there bless him who took there were four of us me jack and then two other lads but young lads sam sam's brother was on the bench for an arsenal champions league game and sam won a like industry-wide keepy uppy competition in his doc martin boots loves football amazing man the other fellow greg loves football west ham through and through to, and we were all just young like 19 to 25 lads um as in 90 1925 and he took us out to this amazing japanese restaurant called eat tokyo that me and you we were I mean we were there on wednesday right yeah um amazing times amazing amazing times and we went downstairs and like you've got four lads who will just talk about anything they will talk about football between themselves for uh, for as long as you let them go and he just had no chat bless him and it got to the stage where like i went to the bot i scraped the bottom of the barrel and was like where where do you want to go on holiday and he went I, I don't know can i get back to you and we went oh my god that's it can i get back he to never, you? he never even did did he still thinking now still thinking now i go blackpool do i go margate <laughs> bless him oh, oh man he must ones. be he must oh god if you gave up your spurs season ticket that you've got now and you weren't allowed to go see spurs again but you could go and watch a team and a sport regularly don't worry about travel too much what would it be i would definitely go and watch football still like I couldn't, I couldn't not i'd to be honest I'd, I'd go i'd go right down the leagues yeah right? and you know i'd find a local team that is maybe sort of national league kind of like, i did i did used to go and watch a few times harlow town who were my local sort of non-league side they not they didn't play in too too many divisions above me to be totally honest with you but they've gone out of business okay. they've gone bust yeah they, they had a problem with their pitch because basically they i think they got new owners a few years ago they had a new pitch put down which i think was not quite a 4g but it was an artificial surface yeah and um there were some issues with it and then the league deemed it unplayable and not to not oh, meet wow. regulations and they couldn't fulfill their fixtures they couldn't train they couldn't pay their play like and the club's gone oh god and it's like you know uh, incredible but I, I'd, I'd go down the lower leagues um i mean Leighton orient is my other local ish team um i played for them for a bit when i was young like that that's a great club um they're in league two so like i'd probably go and watch them yeah stevenage stevenage wouldn't you stevenage at the moment yeah i'd love to go back to cardiff um i've been to a lot of london irish games and they're uh and some london teams then the london teams i'm not sure if they still do it do a um, thing called the double header where because there's four of them you go to twickenham and you watch two games of rugby like literally mm, they play one cool. half an hour break then they play another and you just there and people get battered but yeah, it, yeah. Uh, you know by like the second half of the second game people are just like coming down because you can't keep it up for that long um but i've been to see i went to see the saracens a few times and i went to saracens on new year's day oh. it was freezing and they had camels with the schools on the humps going round, going like 
fuck did I do to deserve this? I should be on the sand in Africa. And then uh, they had the Saracen Sensations cheerleaders who were just like local girls from North London that they'd yeah. scraped off the floor. And that's a bit rude. But you know what I mean? It wasn't like I've seen American cheerleaders. It wasn't that. And they look cold and miserable as well. They just wanted to get out of it. But I might go see some rugby. Um, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. The other um, no, where the, where, where's the place for all the kites? The chair boys. Who are the chair boys? You've lost me on that one. My break. I like I said earlier, we're recording. It's nine. Well, it's not nine. It's not. It's eight o'clock, isn't it? But um, each, I've had my girls all day. Wickham Wanderers. I've been to Wickham a few times, and so I can He's massive. And yeah. that is the coldest ground I've been to. I went with QPR with Don for the game where Sandro got injured. I think it was nil-nil where Sandro yeah. got properly injured, but that was cold. Um, but Wickham is in a valley with, and it hasn't got anything on all four corners. Like it's four stands with nothing in the corners. So the wind comes through and it is the coldest ground. You just cannot ever, ever, ever get warm. They nearly knocked us out, didn't they? The cup. Really close. Sun, remember, sun they should have. They should have knocked us out. Really embarrassing. Like people, I I hated that people were celebrating that game. I know you celebrate a win in but dire circumstances. Should never have been in that situation. They brought someone off the bench. An old fellow used to be a Spurs. Who was a Spurs fan? I think. I can't remember. Yeah, we should never have never lost that one. Good times, though, mate. Good times. You just can't beat live sport. To be honest, like there is just something about it that's like, oh. It's something about going to see someone who was just trained really specifically and purposefully to be the best, do play someone else who else who's who's done the same thing. And they're like the top 0.1% of the world at that. And it's like yeah. very rarely in everyday life do you get to experience, do you know what I mean? It's, Spending it's time nice. with someone that does that. I mean, everyone listening to this podcast is obviously experiencing the top 0.1% of, of podcasts out there. So we are hey, in that club, I guess. If Jake Humphreys can present a high-performance podcast, I can present what the fuck I want to spoke for my language. I don't know what is high-performance about him. It winds me up so much. Um, he also, time... when they started that, did you hear he was like, oh, podcasts are like a niche, like be interesting to see. And it was like, they're not. No, they're not. Uh, they're not. You know, echoes of glory. Yeah, exactly. Um, the only time I've come across elite sports that i've i've participated in i um won a competition didn't even it wasn't even like a dodgy competition where you're you're they're like what number entry have you got it was just but i also think that no one else entered it so because van formerly of these towers uh and i i think he listened so hi van we miss you hi van hi van hi van uh we went cycling with the team garmin sharp road bike cycling team you know they're in the tour de france and we went out in a um, peloton me and van obviously fit younger people and a lot of middle-aged people on very expensive bikes who were very overweight and i never understand that because i wait well, after a grand any extra thousand pounds you're spending on a bike is just making it lighter but if you're 15 stone 16 stone just just stop eating it'll save you a grand but we went out in, in a peloton i was super fit at that time because i was in between running the 100k and doing Ironman, which was like there's only five months in between them, so I was properly fit, like one of the fittest people in the UK, I would I would argue. Um, 
and I was keeping up with them, no problem, people struggling behind us. But Peloton is a mad thing where if you're at the back of it, you almost don't have to cycle it. You cycle, you are just being pulled on. It is, it's an unbelievable feeling. I, I was at the front with the guys and they went, I was like, this is easy, I can do your job. And they went, okay, well, we'll show you what we can do. And it was like they went into another gear when they didn't change gear, they just or they did change gear, they just dropped the gear and just went. And I could not keep up with them. And this was their junior members of their team, and their thighs were Gary, twice the size of mine. Like they were unbelievable. Like just you could just see there was just layers and layers and layers of practice and practice and practice and just hours on the road that I just would never ever be able to match. Unbelievable. Really yeah, made right. me appreciate. It's like they say at the Olympics, it'd be great if they could just put like an average person in every event, just so you could have a benchmark. Like imagine the triple jump with me and you in it. It'd be amazing to see what they could actually do. Yeah, fencing, fencing. I'll just swing and try and hit them as hard, and they go nope. <laughs> it's like I've always said I would love to see an Olympic Games where um, performance-enhancing drugs yeah. were allowed. Yeah, yeah. Like what? Could you imagine? Imagine the pole vault. Imagine how high they'd be going. I mean, who wouldn't want to see a uh, 800 meters run in like under a minute? Like it would be absolutely insane. In the javelin, <laughs> launching it across borders. Yeah. Oh god. Right. Let's start on the edge. Well, if there's one sport you haven't seen, what is it that you want to watch? What is it? Uh, boxing. It is boxing. Mm. Yeah. I wish I saw Joe Calzaghe fight. I never got to see him fight. Yeah. Just the king, but that the AJ fight at, um, against Klitschko, like the atmosphere there, it looks unreal. Uh, I, I genuinely, I think that's the best best heavyweight fight of all time. The, I'm not the biggest AJ fan. Um, it was incredible. The uppercut in that thing, like we, he looks like he almost yeah. takes the guy guy's head off. Um, go have a look at. It's turning into a Joe Rogan podcast. Jamie, get it up. The um, uh, Tyson versus Peter McNeely. Tyson has just come out of prison and he is his meanest. He is his biggest. And Peter McNeely, bless him, tries to hurry him and Tyson almost kills him. And it's it's the meanest. Just I'll send you a link afterwards. Just look at the eyes. It's it's quite a famous thing about Tyson's eyes. I'm going to send it to you after this. Uh, You have to watch it. But that it's not the best heavyweight fight. It is just a very memorable it's a very yeah. memorable fight. Yeah. Um, anyway, so ne- next week's pod, we're not even playing next next Saturday, are we? I think we're playing we've next got Monday. Everton, we've got Everton on the, is it the third Monday night? All right. We'll have to think about something else to talk about next Monday. Assuming we've got anyone listening left, but yeah, we've Everton. Well, we do, why don't we do like a feature pod or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Pick we'll... a player, season, team, something Sandra, like that. 2016. Pienaar. It was even Pienaar. here. Stephen Pinar. <laughs> yeah. He was, he, yeah. Let's not do Pinar, but yeah. God, I hated that period. Pinar, Townsend. Like, I, I just, like... when we got Pinar, people were like, we beat Chelsea to his signature. And it was like, this is a statement signing for Spurs to, you know, be really competing. He's got one goal. And then went back to Everton. Proper miserable that man wasn't he? Bless it. Something wasn't working. Anyway, anyway. we'll have a, we'll have, we'll have a uh, a more football focused one next week. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll get Jack Humphrey on it. Don't do that. 
So I'd rather not have a pod account. So tweet them off the pod account. Looking to do a high performance pod next week. Can you yeah. join? Future's bright. Future's bright. The future's really white. Come on, you suppose. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy, and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2. It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next. We are Blancheflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.